Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to a brand new episode of, uh, of Revelation Communication. Man, thank you so much for uh, taking the time to uh, watch or to listen to the 77th episode, uh, Season 3, Episode 9. Man, things are going to be a little bit different this morning because, um, man, I, I want to go over what's what's happening in, in Russia today, um, how that pertains to the scriptures, um, Lord willing, um, and, and with time and, and with patience, I'd, I'd like to try to get through um, Ezekiel 38 and 39 just to uh, brush y'all up on some some history and, and some Bible prophecy. But um, man, if you're a Bible-believing um, Christian and follower of the Lord Jesus Christ and of prophecy and of his word, man, y'all need to be paying very close attention to to what is happening in in Russia today. And Man, I'll, I'll just say this and, and start out by saying this. Um, Russia, Vladimir Putin has very wisely and very um, subtly and discreetly positioned himself to be really the powerhouse of the world um, today. And and quite frankly, kind of looking from, from the outside in, um, there seems to be nothing and no one, no nation, no ruler that, that really can stop um, Russia and Putin and their advances, um, not only into the Ukraine, but, but look what he did in, in Belarus over the last few weeks. Russia went into Belarus because they're allies with Russia. He brought in the military. He set up um, you know, uh, military hospitals. He 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 brought in equipment, and Putin said that they will be leaving Belarus um, uh, 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 no time soon. Um, that they're going to be in Belarus for the long haul for diplomatic reasons, so on and so forth. But Russia moved into Belarus, and and they didn't even flinch in in letting you know, Putin and the military um, occupied now Belarus, which by the way is its own nation. It's not like Belarus is part of Russia. Belarus is its own nation. And yet Putin walked in there and set up shop and and, and he's not leaving anytime soon. And it, and it seems that that's exactly what's going to happen with, with the Ukraine. If you know, if you're keeping up on what's going on in the news and 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 maybe some other uh, sources from from a news perspective, you know, um, a couple of provinces in the Ukraine that that um, really want to be a part of Russia um, have decided to side with Russia and and claim, so to speak, that that territory in the Ukraine, by the way, is now Russian occupied territory, and and of course Russia jumps right on top of that and recognizes these two provinces within the Ukraine as, as now Russian provinces or Russian allied provinces. And so Russia is is really strategically moving its way into um, into Eastern Europe. Um, and, and I believe at some point into the Middle East and, and into much of Europe um, as well. Listen, like I said a moment ago, Russia has positioned itself to the point where there's nothing and no one gonna stop Russia. 
um, you know, Germany, the European Union, they do not have the intestinal fortitude to do anything to Russia. Um, the joke of, admin, of an administration we have here in the United States of America is going to do nothing to Russia. And you could sanction all, all they want. You can stop money. You can stop funding. You can close bank accounts. That's going to do nothing to Russia. And let me tell you why. Russia has very wisely been able to establish themselves from a financial perspective to where any um, any financial hardship that another nation would put on them, whether it's NATO, the United Nations, the United States, whatever it is, any financial burden that, that they would try to put on Russia, you know, to, oh, you're being naughty, so we're going to we're gonna tie up your funds here, tie up your funds there. It has no burden whatsoever on, on Russia. They, they are so rich, they are so powerful, that really nothing from a financial standpoint that, that that anybody can do to Russia is going to have any relevance because they can financially sustain themselves. You know, militarily, you know, let, let's talk about this um, for, for a moment. Now, in an all-out war with the right commander-in-chief, with the right generals and leaders in the United States military, Russia would not stand a chance against the United States. But but unfortunately, we, we don't have that today. And, and, and the United States is in no position to to uh, go to war with Russia, we would get throttled, um, you know, from the inside out, unfortunately. And so, um, you know, again, Russia is in a position, it's in a very unique position where really nobody's going to mess with Russia. And it's sad, right? Because the United States once held that position where nobody was going to mess with the United States. And, and here we are, you know, um, a, a once communist nation who, you know, we were at war with, at least a Cold War with for, for many decades is now you know the 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 leading nation if you will in 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 the world but um folks you need to keep your eyes on russia and how it's moving and and where it's moving um look at russia and its relationship with syria that's important to to, to know why because syria at some point it, it plays a role um prophetically in the scriptures um the bible does um tell us that one day Damascus is going to be leveled. There there will not be a stone left on top of another stone. Damascus is utterly going to be leveled and, and Israel is going to be the reason why Damascus is leveled. You know, Putin and Russia have a very close relationship with Syria. And so it's going to be interesting to see um, if Syria gets a little courageous, a little testy in their relationship with Russia in trying to attack um, Israel just to see if Israel could be provoked into maybe doing something that um, would require retaliation um, against it by Syria and maybe by the Russian forces that are currently occupying um, Syria as well. But, you know, that goes for a lot of the communist nations. You know, Russia has its hand in Cuba. Russia has its hand in Venezuela. Um, China and Russia are, are very close. And, and quite frankly, China is watching what Russia is going to do and, and, and really what the United States is going to do in response to Russia because China wants to go into Taiwan. And, and basically due to Taiwan, what Russia is doing to the Ukraine right now. And so what would stop that? Um, if the United States isn't going to do, do anything to Russia, what, what would stop 
um, China from going into Taiwan and doing the same thing. And and pay attention too to North Korea, man. A little rocket man. He he's gotten a little brave over the last few weeks and 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 has some launched some rockets and and uh, fired some missiles and and uh, I think he's testing the waters too. And again, what would prevent you know North Korea from going into South Korea and trying to you know establish dominance in that region of the world, you know, over Japan or 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 uh, again over South. Korea. Korea. And so, you know, what's happening in Russia um, plays a big role in, I believe, the rest of the world and, and, and these wars, so to speak, and rumors of wars that we're hearing about um, right now. But, you know, I, I did want to read um, some, if not all, and again, bear with me today, man, Ezekiel 38 and 39, because it talks about a prophecy of Gog and Magog, which um, uh, most Bible scholars and Bible interpreters will tell you is is modern day Russia or Rosh um, in, in the scriptures. And, and so I kind of wanted to just take a few verses, maybe stop and slow down and talk about it real quick, um, share a couple of things, and then, and then kind of just continue on with this um, revelation communication. But again, man, if you're a Christian, if you read the scriptures, man, if, if you're, you know, into prophecy and the fulfillment of prophecy, it's so important that you, um, keep your ear to the ground in regards to the news and, and what's coming out of Russia and what's going on in Russia, because I believe that it directly pertains to, um, the scriptures, even specifically Ezekiel 38 and 39. But but let me read with you uh, just a few verses and then I'll pause and, and talk about a couple of things. Beginning of verse 1 of Ezekiel 38, it says, And the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Son of man, set thy face against Gog, the land of Magog, the chief prince of Meshech and Tubal, and prophesy against him. Now, Gog seems to be a person... Magog seems to be a place, but the two together um, is either a prince or a ruler out of Russia. And so that is Gog and Magog. And, and he says in verse 3, And say thus, saith the Lord God, Behold, I am against thee, O Gog, the chief prince of Meshech and Tubal, and I will turn thee back and put hooks into thy jaws, and I will bring thee forth, and all thine army, horses and horsemen, all of them clothed with all the sorts of armor, even a great company with bucklers and shields, all of them handling swords. Persia, which is Iran, Ethiopia, and Libya, part of northern Africa, with them, all of them with shield and helmet. Gomer, let me give you a quick update on Gomer. Gomer, man, that that's that's Germany. The, the Gomer, the people of Gomer, the descendants of Gomer, man, that, that's that's Germany. Uh, in verse 6, and all his bands, the house of Torgama, which is Turkey, um, and all his bands, and, and many people with thee. He says in verse 7, Be thou prepared, and prepare for thyself, thou and all thy company that are assembled unto thee, and be thou a guard unto them. And so what we see taking place right now is that God is going to use Russia. He's going to use these nations um, like Northern Africa, like Turkey, possibly even parts of Europe to assemble together into an alliance that at one point or at some point in the future is going to attack Israel. And he says in verse eight, and after many days thou shalt be visited 
in the later years thou shalt come into the land that is brought back from the sword and is gathered out of many people against the mountains of Israel, which have been always waste, but it is brought forth out of the nations and they shall dwell safely all of them. Thou shalt ascend and come like a storm. Thou shalt be like a cloud to cover the land, thou and all thy bands and many people with thee. And so the Bible, Ezekiel is prophesying through this vision that God gave him that all these nations and all these people will ascend onto Israel. And it even says that they will come like a storm, like a cloud to cover the land. Now, what what does a what where is a cloud? A cloud is up in the sky. So clearly that is prophesying that that from the sky airplanes, helicopters, missiles, bombs, anything that can maybe come from the sky will come and cover Israel. He says in verse 10, thus saith the Lord God, it shall also come to pass that at the same time shall things come into thy mind and thou shalt think an evil thought. And so again, there's this prophecy that, you know, Gog and Magog and these nations that are coming together against Israel, man, they're going to have these evil imaginations come up in their mind to go into destroy Israel. And he says in verse 11, and thou shalt say, I will go up to the land of unwalled villages. I will go to them that are at rest, that dwell safely, all of them dwelling without walls and having neither bars nor gates to take a spoil and to take a prey to turn thine hand upon the desolate places that are now inhabited and upon the people that are gathered out of the nations which have gotten cattle and goods that dwell in the midst of the land. And so again, that prophecy is saying that this evil thought is going to come among these nations, Gog, you know, Magog and, and, and these other places to go and basically plunder Israel and to go and rob Israel and to go take Israel. He says in verse 13, Sheba and Dedan and the merchants of Tarshish. Now, Sheba and Dedan, uh, very interesting. That, I believe, talks about maybe the West, these these Western European possibly uh, nations, and, and could it possibly even include the United States of America? I don't know. Will, will they join um, with Russia? Will they side with Israel as they always have? We don't know, but verse 13 says, Sheba and Dedan and the merchants of Tarshish with all the young lines thereof shall say unto thee, Art thou come to take a spoil? Hast thou gathered thy company to take a prey, to carry away silver and gold, to take away cattle and goods, to take a great spoil? And so it seems that maybe Sheba and Dedan, these, these Western nations, if you will, and the merchants of Tarshish, now a merchant you know, is a seaman, somebody that, that's, at, that's at sea or, or a ship possibly, they're basically gonna say, hey, what are you doing? You know, What's going on over there? What are your plans? What's taking place? As if they're standing back and almost watching it happen or or letting it happen without really getting involved. He says in verse 14, Therefore, son of man, prophesy and say unto Gog, Thus saith the Lord God, In that day when my people of Israel dwell with safety, shall thou not know it? And thou shalt come from thy place out of the north parts, thou and many people with thee, all of them riding upon horses, a great company and a mighty army. And thou shalt come up against my people of Israel as a cloud to cover the land. It shall be in the latter days, and I will bring thee against my land, that the heathen may know me when I shall be sanctified in thee, O Gog, before 
their eyes. And here we see God's sovereignty in this final verse. Why? Because he says, it shall be in the latter days and I, God is speaking, and I will bring thee against my land. Listen, Israel's God's land. And so he's speaking directly about him being sovereign behind this movement, behind this attack of Israel. Why? So that he can be sanctified. Now, here's what happens in verse 17. And this is what we really need to pay attention to. He says, thus saith the Lord God, art thou he of whom I have spoken in old time by many servants, the prophets of Israel, which prophesied in those days many years that I would bring thee against them? And it shall come to pass at the time when Gog shall come against the land of Israel, saith the Lord God, that my fury shall come up in my face. For I for in my jealousy and in the fire of my wrath have I spoken. Surely in that day there shall be a great shaking in the land of Israel, so that the fishes of the sea and the fowls of the heaven and the beasts of the field and all creeping things that creep upon the earth and all the men that are upon the face of the earth shall shake at my presence. And the mountain shall be thrown down and the steep places shall fall and every wall shall fall to the ground. And I will call for a sword against him throughout all my mountains, saith the Lord God. Every man's sword shall be against his brother. And that's interesting. That's an interesting statement because it's suggesting and implying that the enemies that come to attack Israel, all these nations that come together to attack Israel will at some point turn and start attacking one another. And so maybe there's this spirit of derision that, that, that comes upon them of confusion and the enemies of Israel um, in turn will turn upon them themselves and start striking each other down. And in verse 22, he says, and I will plead against him with pestilence and with blood and I will rain upon him and upon his bands and upon the many people that are with him and overflowing rain and great hailstones, fire and brimstone. Thus will I magnify myself and sanctify myself and I will be known in the eyes of many nations and they shall know that I am the Lord. And so this great this great slaughter takes place against Magog and against, you know, the people that come, you know, from Ethiopia, maybe from Persia, from Turkey to, to, to battle against Israel. This, this great slaughter is against them and, and, and God makes it so that they turn on each other. And, and in that day, we know that God will be magnified. That's what verse 23 says us. God will be sanctified. He will be set apart so that many nations will know him, that they will know that he is the Lord. And so when this day happens, it's going to leave no doubt as to who the God of Israel is when he comes in and when he saves and when he rescues the nation of Israel from these people that, that again, appear to be led by Russia, by Magog, down into Israel. God's going to show up and, and work a miracle, probably likened to something we've never seen before. And, and these great armies, these great 
these great this great armament that is coming against Israel will 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 fall and will crumble and and, and God will be magnified and, and glorified in it you know verse 39 or excuse me chapter 39 starts out therefore thou son of man prophesy against Gog and say thus saith the Lord God behold I am against thee O Gog the chief prince of Meshech and Tubal and I will turn thee back and leave but the sixth part of thee and will cause thee to come up from the north parts and will bring thee upon the mountains of Israel. And, and, and there we see in, in verse 2 that God will leave a remnant. He will he will leave a sixth part of, of Gog or, or, or Magog. And he says in verse 3, I will smite thy bow out of thy left hand and will cause thine arrows to fall out of thy right hand. Thou shalt fall upon the mountains of Israel, thou and all thy bands or armies and the people that is with thee. I will give thee unto the ravenous birds of every sword and to the beasts of the field to be devoured. Thou shalt fall upon the open field, for I have spoken it, saith the Lord God. And I will send a fire on Magog, and among them that dwell carelessly in the isles, and they shall know that I am the Lord. So will I make my holy name known in the midst of my people Israel, and I will not let them pollute my holy name any more. And the heathen shall know that I am the Lord, the Holy One in Israel. Behold, it is come. And it is done, saith the Lord God. This is the day whereof I have spoken. You know, I love verse 8 of, of chapter 39 because really what God is saying, listen, I've spoken it. It's done. This is going to happen. Nothing's going to change this from, from, from taking place. And so that's why we as a, as a Christian and we as a Bible-believing follower of Jesus Christ and of the Lord God Almighty, man, can look forward to this stuff, man. What we see going on in Russia and what we see taking place in in Turkey and what we see going on in Europe right now, man, if you're following the scriptures, if you know the Bible, you almost not, and, I, and I'm saying this not to sound crazy or anything, but you're almost cheering this stuff taking place because like, wow, this is coming to fruition and, and the Bible prophesied about it and Russia is being strategically placed, you know, by God to, you know, maybe eventually one day be that powerhouse to come down and invade Israel. Uh, again, I'm not trying to, you know, make light of the situation, but, but folks, man, this stuff is coming alive right before our very eyes. He says in verse nine, and they that dwell in the city of Israel shall go forth and shall set on fire and burn the weapons, both the shields and the bucklers, the bows and the arrows and the hand staves and the spears, and they shall burn them with fire seven years so that they shall take no wood out of the field, neither cut down any of the forest, for they shall burn the weapons with fire, and they shall spoil those that spoiled them, and rob those that robbed them, saith the Lord God. Now that's very interesting, verses 9 and 10, because that would imply and indicate that all the weapons of war that, that were being brought into Israel whether it's tanks or planes that crashed or armament, bullets, weapons, knives, guns, whatever you can imagine would be used in war as a weapon. This would suggest that for seven years, Israel's going to be burning this stuff and really will have no need to uh, to go cut down the forest to, to, to burn things because they're going to use the weapons left behind by Magog and, and by um, you know those people that joined forces with them that, that got defeated. They're going to be burning them for seven years, it says here. And it shall come to pass in that day that I will give unto Gog a place there of graves in Israel. 
meaning that you know Gog and, and Magog and all the people that came to fight in Israel, there's going to be graves in Israel, the valley of the passengers on the east of the sea, and it shall stop the noses of the passengers, and there shall they bury Gog and all his multitude, and they shall call it the valley of Haman Gog. And seven months, listen to this, folks, and seven months in verse 12 of 39, shall the house of Israel be burying of them that they may cleanse the land. They're going to be burying bodies for seven months. Can you imagine a war so big, a people so great, suddenly defeated that it takes seven months to bury the dead? That's just unbelievable to me. He says in verse 13, yea, all the people of the land shall bury them and it shall be to them a renown the day that I shall be glorified, saith the Lord God. And they shall sever out men of continual employment passing through the land to bury with the passengers, those that remain upon the face of the earth to cleanse it. After the end of seven months, they sh uh, shall they search. And so people are going to come and help bury the dead because uh, clearly that's going to be a mighty undertaking. Uh, it says in verse 15, And the passengers that pass through land, when any seeth a man's bone, then shall he set up a sign by it, till the barriers have buried it in the valley of Haman Gog. And also the name of the city shall be Haman, uh, excuse me. Thus shall they cleanse the land. And thou son of man, thus saith the Lord God, speak unto every feathered fowl and to every beast of the field assemble yourselves and come gather yourselves on every side to my sacrifice that I do sacrifice for you even a great sacrifice upon the mountains of Israel that you may eat flesh and drink blood and and so this 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 call goes out to the beasts of the field to the fowls of the air to come down and and basically to eat of the flesh and the blood of all these people um, that died on the, on this battlefield that that were overcome by the power of the Lord. It says in verse eighteen, and ye shall eat the flesh and the mighty of the mighty and drink the blood of the princes of the earth of the rams of lambs and of goats and of bullocks and all of them fatlings of Bashan and ye shall eat fat till ye be full and drink blood till ye be drunken of my sacrifice which I have sacrificed for you. And clearly God is implying here that the that the dead are a sacrifice to the fowls <clears throat> and to the beasts of the earth. Thus ye shall be filled at my table with horses and chariots, with mighty men and with all men of war, saith the Lord God. And I will set my glory among the heathen and on the and all the heathen shall see my judgment that I have executed and my hand that I have laid upon them. So the house of Israel shall know that I am the Lord their God from that day and forward. And the heathen shall know that the house of Israel went into captivity for their iniquity because they trespassed against me. Therefore hid I my face from them and gave them into the hand of their enemies. So fell they all by the sword according to their uncleanness and according to their transgressions have I done unto them and hid my face from them. Therefore, thus saith the Lord God, now will I bring again the captivity of Jacob and have mercy upon the whole house of Israel and will be jealous for my holy name. After that, they have borne their shame and all their trespasses, whereby they have trespassed against me when they dwelt safely in their land and none made them afraid. When I have brought them again from the people and gathered them out of their enemies' lands and am sanctified in the sight of many nations, then shall they know that I am the Lord their God, which caused them to be led into captivity among the heathen. But I have gathered them unto their own land and have left none of them any more there, neither will I hide my face any more from them, for I have poured out my spirit upon the house of Israel, saith the Lord God. 
Now, if you back up to Ezekiel 36 and 37, of course, there's a, there's the prophecy that Israel once again will be established as a nation. And and we know that that took place right after World War II. Israel was once again recognized as a nation. So that prophecy has has come to to fruition and has been fulfilled. And, and listen, ladies and gentlemen, no doubt the prophecy of Gog and, and Magog will come to fruition. That will be fulfilled as well. And that's why I'm saying it's so important to really pay attention to what's going on in Russia today because Russia, again, is positioning itself to be a nation that, again, is unstoppable, to be a nation where other nations would want to join up with it um, to try and, and, and conquer, basically, Israel um, and and. If you look at where Russia has military today, you know, specifically in Syria, if you look at what's taking place in Iran and and all the recent attacks through the Hezbollah and through, um, you know, uh, Iraq that's taking place in uh, against Israel, folks, all of this is lining up and adding up to pave the way for Gog, for Magog to come down against Israel and try. And I say try to overthrow it and try to destroy it because uh, we know based on what was just read that God will not allow that to happen. God is going to show up and work a mighty work. And so I just wanted to encourage you, um, man, today, I, I know listening about, you know, listening to the news and reading about war and hearing about war, man, it, it's pretty discouraging. Um, th- there's a lot, you know, to shake your head out. You know, a lot of worry maybe comes into wars and rumors of wars. But but folks, man, this stuff has got to happen. Um, th- this is Bible prophecy, man, coming to life. And so, uh, again, man, if, if, if you believe in the word, if you believe God and, and believe all the prophecies that have been foretold that have already come to fruition then we must believe those that that are that uh, have yet to come to fruition that they will and the way that Russia is is aligning itself today and the way that they're playing their cards today um, it's only a matter of time before uh, before they grow enough intestinal fortitude to uh, to go in and attack Israel because again they're going to be of the mindset well who can stop me you know the USA isn't stopping me Europe isn't stopping me nobody's going to stop me and so um, the day will come when um, they will try to attack Israel as per Ezekiel thirty eight and uh, they're they're going to be met by the wrath of God and the fury of God and it's not going to be a good day um, for Russia uh, or for the allies of Russia. So, man, I, I hope that, uh, man, I, I maybe taught you a few things this morning. Um, maybe you learned some new stuff. Maybe you got a refresher on some things. But, but man, I tell you what, it, it really is a joyous time <clears throat> to be alive for the Christian. And, and um, man, exciting just to, uh, to watch what's taking place. Hey, just a couple of reminders before I let you go. Don't forget, Wednesday night Bible study takes place at 7 p.m. We're going through a series um, right now that it's just been a fantastic uh, um, series for us, avoiding confusion. Um, we're talking about some pretty heavy topics like racism, sanctity of life, 
the LGBTQ movement, um, and, and other things that uh, really are at the forefront of our culture today. Also, Sunday morning worship service, man, is at 10 a.m. Uh, we're just a couple of weeks away from starting a new series called The Sermon on the Mount, and, and just I'm, I'm very excited about that. want to invite you and encourage you to come join Revelation Church for our worship service on Sundays at 10 a.m. You can find all the links to our podcast, sermons, Bible studies, etc., by heading on over to our website, www.revchurchcv.com. And finally, if I can pray for you, if you'd like more information on salvation, on giving your heart to Jesus, or maybe you just need some other maybe advice, maybe some rec- you know um, recommendations, etc., you can head back to our website, scroll all the way to the bottom, leave me a note, leave me a message, um, or you can find my phone number and call me. I'd be more than happy to talk to you about that. Hey, listen, thank you so much for listening. I'm Solomon Stewart with Revelation Communication. Bye.